Oh my god, Siren. We have an email. Yes, we have a fucking email at the top of the episode that we're going to read to you guys because it was super sweet. This was sent to us from Stevie, and um, the title of the email is, in all caps, I love your podcast. So, obviously, I'm intrigued. (laughs) Yes, we are going to talk about it. Stevie writes, I fucking love your podcast. Us too, Stevie. Yeah. You two are both so funny and knowledgeable. I can't get enough. I've always been obsessed with witches, but have never been satisfied with mainstream depictions of witchcraft in the media. Nothing is more boring to me than the idea of witches being conduits for the devil or whatever. Though if that's your thing, go off, queen. So I was happy to find your podcast and listen to real witches talk openly about the practice of witchcraft. Stevie continues, My mom is best described as a spiritualist, so she let me fully embrace my love of all things spooky and magical. I had my own little book of shadows and a collection of crystals and was a little witch in the making for a while there. Listening to your podcast has inspired me to get back into the practice and connect with my inner witch again, so thank you for that. Oh. Stevie goes on to um, give me a recommendation about the Owl House, which Stevie, I want you to know, I'm currently watching only with my special guy friend. So uh, we're in the middle of season two right now, and I only watch it when he's here. <laughs> but I totally want to talk about it at some point. Uh, Stevie, thank you so much for your kind email. This is one of two emails you sent to us, and they have both been incredibly sweet. And, you know, hearing stuff like this is exactly why we do our show. And I think that, like, I don't know, it makes me feel really good to know that we're helping witches get back in touch with themselves through talking about the witchy media that we love so much. I think that that's part of our whole mission statement, and that's really fucking cool. Also... Special thanks to Stevie for donating to our Buy Me a Coffee and as such becoming a producer of the show. A producer of this very episode, which I think you'll all agree is going to be pretty fucking special. So thank you, Stevie, for your wonderful emails and your generosity. Now let's get into it. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Hello and welcome to Witch Bitches Review. I'm a snake. I'm a slitter little snake snake. <laughs> Phoenix Arcana Lightwood. And I'm Siren Rex Fry. And that's my wand! Where is it? Where is the wand? And I'm a super lost Blair Witch documentarian who disappeared in Maryland and wound up in California. Wick Malloway. <laughs> um, so this is the podcast where three actual witches analyze and review representations of witchcraft in media and pop culture. You guys might remember Wick from our episode, Angsty Teenage Murder Witches, about the craft <laughs> legacy. <laughs> or what is, it, what is it that you guys call it? The crap. The crap. <laughs> the crap. Um, yeah, thanks for coming back. I'm super excited for this. I mean, I feel like I just nerd out with you about Charmed a lot of the time, and you're very much like, no, I have to get back to work. Um, so I'm glad that now I can actually single you out and do this phoenix your priorities are so backward (laughs) oh yeah i mean that's a development since the last time you were on the show i work for you now so So i do want to tell the listeners that we're sitting in the malloway brothers shop 
on Moore Street in Chicago, recording live, all three of us together, which is super amazing. And uh, Wick, you own the store with your brother Blake, Mm -hmm. and this building is amazing. It's so beautiful in here. I had the pleasure of attending a full moon in Libra ritual here last night. That was amazing that Wick and Blake ran for how many people were here? Uh, Like 20. Like it was, it was a nice sized group. Um, it was, it was incredible. It was the, one of the best rituals I've ever been to. Thank you. It was a lot of. There was like I was telling you this. There was just a ton of good energy in that one. It felt like it was a punch of magic in the face by the end of it. I mean, even just like the way that we've been working together today is like I can feel that it's the effects of the ritual. Phoenix and I are energized for sure. They're balanced. Like we, Libra. Yeah. We are balanced like Libra. Yes. Perfect. Ugh, maybe that ritual will get Siren to stop interrupting me. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> Today we are discussing Charmed Season 1, Episode 6. That yeah. old black right. magic. <laughs> According to IMDb, this episode rated 7.1 out of 10. It originally aired on November 11th, 1999. It was written by Vivian and Valerie Mayhew. Ew. <laughs> I hate those names. I actually noted that name when it came out, and I was like, oh, interesting. I don't know what y'all did, Viv and Val, but um, sorry, you've been canceled. <laughs> they wrote Apparently. this episode of Charmed, is what this they did. <laughs> episode is so well... I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> it was directed by James L. Conway, and is the one where the sisters are forced to turn to an unfortunate teenager, <laughs> J. Michael Ferguson, when an evil witch... Bridget Branagh escapes the confines of her 200-year-old prison. Does it really say unfortunate teenager? No, I put that in there. Okay. (laughs) Poor unfortunate teen. (laughs) So some notes about the episode title, That Old Black Magic. Um, It's a reference to a song written by Harold Arlen and Johnny Mercer for the film Star Spangled Rhythm in 1942. It's been performed by a whole lot of people, notably Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., Ella Fitzgerald, and Judy Garland. I did listen to the Ella Fitzgerald version, and I do kind of like it. It compares falling in love to being under a spell, which is like, nothing new, but maybe it was new in 1942. The tune is kind of jaunty and fun. However, also, since the title is That Old Black Magic, I want to go ahead and say that we are aware that black magic kind of has some racist connotations, and we do want to talk about it at some point, but we're going to do that when there are actually black voices in the room. So, just want to acknowledge it, but it's a discussion for another day. Um, this episode is really funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... One of the most ridiculous episodes of this show, I think. So cringy. There's so much cringe in this episode. It's really funny and it's not supposed to be. (laughs) I think it's supposed to be kind of intense because I mean they they kill people in this episode. Yeah. They were also like writing a way bigger check in this episode for the villain than I feel like they actually planned out for because they made her sound like like a season finale baddie and she really was not that. So we were discussing earlier wouldn't it have been cool if she had been like a recurring villain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, a, like come in yeah. like a Rowena situation from Supernatural. <gasps> yeah. Like been the, the sort of bad witch that they needed to consult sometimes even though they really didn't want to. I would love that because I have so many questions about like her like her magic how that works just the way she was dressed I was like paying so much attention to like what her ring looks like like she has a lot of details that i feel like they just didn't care about i think she's she's got a lot going on she's super intense (laughs) she kicks their ass all the time (laughs) just through the whole episode she kicks their ass there is no reason that like off-brand jesse mccartney should have been able to kill her there's no 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 way i'm sort of rooting for tuatha the whole time a little bit 
And I really love She's giving. She is 100% like her style, her hair. I'm always a fan of the red hair, being a redhead myself. And like the actor. Like, I love the actor who plays her. Yeah, she's great. Um, I love her in pretty much everything I've ever seen her in. And I think she did her best with some rather goofy material. (laughs) So, uh, should we get into the scene by scene? Yeah, um, I guess I just want to say thematically about the episode, it was clearly inspired by the Blair Witch or like the Charmed One's response to the Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. And then they decided to get the Seventh Sun mythology jumbled in with that. And it's it's a little clunky and weird, but I'll allow it. Yeah, it is, it's kind of fun, like looking back at these kinds of things, because like Blair Witch at the time was a really big deal. So it's kind of cool, like having this window into the past. Yes. Being, like, what's the rest of the world doing when Blair Witch comes out? So it's, it's weird, but it's a little charming. So in the opening scene, Harold and Kumar really just piss off the Blair Witch. And they're so dirty. They're filthy. I don't know why. What? How long? Okay, they're in like Northern California. There's no reason for them to be that dirty on a hike. You know they just came from the Gap 15 minutes ago. They're not even in like a forest. I mean, they say like the, I forgot what it was, the the Muir Woods, something like that. But like, if you look at it, they're just in the desert. Like there's no, unless they were rolling around in the sand. I don't know how this happened. (laughs) Exactly. How did they get so dirty? It's unclear why they're filthy, but they are. Um, so they, they go down into this mine shaft and- Bats! Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that was really funny. These are the benefits of actually being in person. You get physically assault each other. Um, yeah, no, there are bats and there's just like a human skeleton in there and they're just like, well, this is should, normal. We better keep going. It's fine. <laughs> So I had like a lot of curiosity who that human skeleton was, like right. in the back of my mind, and they kind of mentioned it later on. So I don't know if this is jumping ahead, but they mentioned like another one of the seventh sons entombed her. So I was wondering if like that oh. was him. Did he die in the battle with her? Or with the bats. He just got like uh. rabies. <laughs> Dude, I love that theory. I'm into it. That's great. Do you know what else? I think we have to add that corpse to her kill count. Oh, dang. Oh, so she killed well, seven people. Where did it go? Good for her. Well, way to shoot your load early. But yes, Tuatha <laughs> kills seven people. <laughs> Six people on screen. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So they they see some symbols on the cave walls and they're going forward and they pry open. I don't even know. Do they pry open her tomb or does it just explode from the first human touch into it? <laughs> I feel like he tries to pry open the tomb with a crowbar, which he learned from his uncle gas man who did the same thing to their basement in season one. <laughs> like people, there's, there are demons everywhere and they can be released at the slightest touch of a crowbar. Apparently. <laughs> Just prying apart solid stone with a crowbar. So if you see a crack in anything, don't pry it apart with a crowbar. There's a demon in there. (laughs) There's a demon in there. Um, So can we talk about the fact that Tuatha is totally a drag queen. When she busts out of there... Tuatha is 100 a drag queen. Just like, I mean, looking at her alone, drag. 100% drag. But then just like her mannerisms throughout the rest (laughs) of the episode is a drag queen. Oh god, I just made the connection. I know why I love Tuatha so much. Because she's the charmed version of Hocus Pocus. Oh my god! Oh my god, yeah! Yes! (laughs) She was supposed to be the Blair Witch, but she's the Sandersons. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's interesting. It, from the outfit and the way everything, the way she talks. Yeah, so she busts out and she's really pissed that Harold and Kumar don't have the information that she wants. She says, I, I can tell you what she says. She says. <laughs> 
<clears throat> where is my wand? Where is it? Where is my wand? <laughs> <laughs> my wand! And they're like, um, I don't know where your dildo is, lady. <laughs> um, and she's like, oh, too bad, and shrinks them, and they scream for they so They scream forever. <laughs> I, I can't gloss over this enough. This is why I say they're Harold and Kumar, because they're acting like they're in a comedy. Like, they're not, they're not in the situation that's happening to them. They get shrunk. They get shrunk, and they just stand there, and they're like, hmm, well, I guess we'll comment about it and sort of stand here and wait to die. Yeah. <laughs> they do have a long conversation. And then it. they comedically scream forever until they get fed to a snake. It's so long. I know. Like, you're just sort of like, kill them already. What was that movie with, like, Keanu Reeves? Like, when he was super young and they, they like, time traveled a lot? Do you remember this? Yes! Oh, Bill and Ted. Yeah, thing. that's what this reminds me of. This sounds like a Bill and Ted adventure. Yeah, it's very much that vibe. Yeah, so, so Tuatha has a snake. Um, it's like her familiar, the whole episode, which is pretty cool that she has a snake familiar that can teleport. It's um, <laughs> fucking scary all by itself. The snake hisses and rattles, which I think is very effective for television, but it is a boa constrictor and not a rattlesnake, so it wouldn't actually do any of those things. It very clearly does not have a rattle. You see its tail all the time. So uh, I don't know where that rattle is coming from, but... The audience just would not know that's a snake. If those it doesn't, yeah, the, the rattle mm-hmm. makes you feel afraid of the snake. Right, yeah. It's, it's Tuatha's breath, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's full of like asbestos from the cave. <laughs> so she didn't have long on her clock anyway. No. No. Okay. She's been cooped up for 200 years. And the first thing she looks for is her wand. <laughs> yeah. And she, all she wants is her wand. Everyone's getting in her way. She's just like, guys. I haven't nutted in two centuries. <laughs> That's why she's so upset. Yeah, I'd be grumpy too. She did not have like a speck of dust on her though. For being in that cave for 200 years, she was so clean. She was so clean. Maybe there was a shower in the tomb. Oh, maybe. Yeah, it was very like well equipped with okay. everything except for her. Yeah, so she was keeping everything looking nice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> very prim and proper. She had nice hair. She came out with really good hair. So we talked about the actress already, but I want to talk about her a little bit. Um, Her name is Bridget Brana. She is like in this episode, she's doing more than everyone else in this episode. She is on her own show. I feel like she's out acting everybody and it is crazy and unhinged, but <laughs> I'm here for it. She's putting her all in. I also know her from Angel. She played um, a recurring character on four episodes of Angel. She was one of the parents in The Runaways and I really liked her on that show. I really liked that show, I like that show. in general. Um, so I like this actress. She has been acting since 1988, which is the year I was born. Oh my god, one year before. Uh... So I am very old, but not as old as her. <laughs> <laughs> so in the next scene, Phoebe is staring out the window, being mad that Piper is being a slut with Dan. She's just making out with him, and I don't really understand why Phoebe's upset, because she'll fuck anybody. <laughs> and she's just super judgy for no reason here. It's kind of out of character. This is like one of the biggest things that I feel like, uh, not one of, I have a lot of things that do bother me with charm but this thing i feel like they're all very in love with each other's love lives to the point where like it almost becomes like a cosmic matter whether or not they have love interests or not and i was getting very annoyed by it but then prue comes into the next scene and she's like instantly like get out of her business so i'm like i I forgot how awesome prue is she really keeps stuff together here and she kept doing it throughout the entire episode and like doing things that I was gonna be annoyed at and then she fixed it. Prue is good in this episode. Prue's very good. Prue's good in every episode. (laughs) Prue is beautiful in this episode. Like she starts off and she's just like gorgeous right on the scene. She looks amazing. 10 out of 10. She does. I know. I mean Shannon Doherty looks incredible all the time everywhere. Prue, this is a good Prue episode even though it's not supposed to be but you know that's just kind of what happens with this show. Well this is a good episode in the fact that it's not all about any one of them. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I think? I think that 
Phoebe is mad that Piper is a slut because you can't show her making out with a guy on TV unless you also say, but kids, it's wrong, you know? Uh, so I think it's just that same 90s hegemonic negotiation of sexuality shit. <laughs> it could be that. And I'm like, wait, was this the first episode that they were kissing too? I think so. This was the first episode with Piper and Dan like being in a relationship together in some form or another, which is important. It's an important part of the story, but it just doesn't make sense that Phoebe cares so much. Like, Leo's not there right now. So, like, why Why does it matter? I don't know. Because they're all in each other's business. She's like, remember when we went to the future and I died? You were married to Leo then. (laughs) You don't get to have a boyfriend. And everything has to stay on track to what I saw. I am still planning my execution outfit. Yes. (laughs) I... I need to learn how to smuggle a needle and thread into prison so I can cinch <laughs> my jumpsuit. I refuse to die without curves. Honestly, listening to you say that out loud, I think I also need to learn to do that. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> make it good use of floss. I feel like you can really make that happen. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it specifically because we've watched this episode so many times, or does Piper wear this shirt a lot over the next season? I feel like... This whole season, she wears a lot of the same ugly, stripy, brown eggplant stuff. Just in general. I think that is it. Like, Phoebe and Prue always wear, like, vastly different outfits. And Piper's always kind of in the same situation. Although last episode, I did talk about how all of their fashion was great. I haven't actually done that yet, but I will have at the time that they're here. I just feel like... Honestly, I feel like it's genuinely, and this like sucks, but I feel like it's because Holly Marie Combs is a mid-sized body and the other two aren't. And so she like gets the uglier clothes. I have mentioned, I've been listening to House of Halliwell, her podcast, and she, she was just talking about how much she hated her clothes until she became a producer. She hated everything they put her in. Oh, really? That's yes. And that's why Piper's outfits change in oh, season cool four know, because she gets to pick out her own clothes. I do like that. Because I mean, like, yeah, like really gets the short end of the stick on a lot of them. I think they just really wanted to stick to this like mousy middle sister thing and they just wanted to force it into our wardrobe. Ugh. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's bad. Um, but it is also 90s. Right. Yeah. I mean, women who shopped at like Sears and JCPenney in the 90s looked like Piper. Like, yeah, she was the common woman, but yeah. early 2000s are coming soon and that's all about maximalism. You gotta catch up, Pipes. Uh, Prue is using her stuff degree on TV and she has the wand and we hear the same sound effect every time we see her with the wand. Which is a nice little touch. Yeah, it, it's like, something. It, it gives you that like air of mystery. Like, ooh, what's going it, on with the wand? I do like that. Yeah, or it feels like a piece of the story clicking into place every time the wand shows up or something. Yeah. Oh, it's like a like a video game cue, like do 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 do. Yeah. Like I got the item. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and this wand too, like it really reminded me of uh, what was it, Merlin's talisman from Halloween Town? Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have been trying to get us to talk about Halloween Town every October since we've started this show, and this bitch never has their shit together to do it. It's not because I don't want to. It is because I don't have my shit together. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Um, It is exactly that. You're so right. Mm -hmm. It's the, the, like, spherical uh, head of it. And like the, like the sh- stuff like wrapping around it. Yeah. It's like it's like if they took that chicken foot base and made it just a little bit better. Yeah. 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 Why is Prue on TV all of a sudden? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I, know. Don't, I actually think it it kind of makes sense that she that she could okay, I think that Prue absolutely could be on that show. I think it's weird that it happens just this once and never again. 
Yes. Yeah. And we're never really told like how that happened. We're just supposed to believe it. Right. It's just kind of a throwaway. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's not explained. I could say maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. I don't know. It's never explained. And she, she also is not great on it. Like she was caught one moment just unprepared for something and she just like freaks out and it's kind of unprofessional for the rest of the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, do we want to talk about Jack since we're already here? Well, let's, it's, let's get into it when it happens. Okay. Um, so before Prue goes live and is like on the phone with her sister talking about their other sister's vagina, um, <laughs> Leo shows up to ruin Piper's slutty day out. And the, he's like, the worst thing imaginable just happened. And I'm like, yeah, you act like an idiot the entire episode. <laughs> yeah, the worst thing imaginable just happened. You showed up to cock block with some drama. <laughs> yeah, it's it sucks. He's so bad this whole time. And it wasn't until Brian Krause became kind of a regular character and I was watching it with the intent of critiquing the episodes that I realized how bad he is. I don't think he's a good actor. No, no. This one is—he's so out of character in this one. He's really weird. Like he's emotionally roller coasting from one scene to the other, and I just don't understand his motivation. I think he's just horny. Leo's <laughs> Leo is not painted in a good light in this episode. No, I want to be with this teenager. I want to be with Piper. Go. <laughs> um, in the episode "The Devil's Music," which we talked about a while ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, last week, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Last week. <laughs> We didn't. We're not recording this one first. Um, we're recording this one first. It's fine. Uh, well, we were watching the Devil's Music to prepare for that episode, and the part where he pulls the guy aside, I was like, "This is an intervention." There's no expression on his face at all, <laughs> and I feel like that's just how he is this entire season. There's just like deadpan lines the whole time. Um, especially in this season, there are a lot of moments where he goes too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that compared to later on. I feel like. Later on, he really isn't given a lot to work with. Here, I think he's just kind of bumbling it. Yeah, I think I think they give him too much and then not enough later. To be fair, he's not the worst actor in this episode, though. No. Who's the worst <laughs> actor in this episode? <laughs> Jenny. Oh, yeah. Jenny's the worst actor in every episode you know she's what? in. <laughs> I think this is the only episode that she is in any way tolerable in. And I'm not saying she's good. I'm just saying this is as good as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if you're listening. I, I did a blanket apology to Karis in the first one, didn't I? I was just like, listen, I'm sorry. But it's going to keep happening. She's, she's so... Bad. <laughs> um, so after Leo cockblocks Piper, there, we have the opening credits. And Karis... And Karis is in the opening <laughs> credits, and we're like, why? So frustrating. But it is the last time. Get out. <laughs> Do you even go here? God. I have literally written something shitty about Karis in every outline at this point. <laughs> like, it says opening credits, and it says Karis, and then something mean. <laughs> every time. Good. I'm sorry, Karis. <laughs> I'm blaming the producers, not you. Listen, with a name like that, her parents set her up to fail. I in no way blame her for anything. She did her best. She was an actress who got onto Charmed. I would have probably failed at that, too. So. <laughs> like, if they were going to do something interesting with her, they could have made her a witch. 
right? Like, oh yeah. I feel like that's the obvious direction. It would have been better for it to have gone in, but it just did never happen. I was trying to wonder, like, clearly they brought her in for like some kind of plan. Like, she was supposed to fulfill some role in the show, and I wonder if she was supposed to be like the bridge between the charmed ones and the younger folk, like she was in this episode. Mm -hmm. And I hate that because it it did not work here. So it could be that try to bring in a younger person for ratings boost, which never works, but people do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't good, and like. In those videos that you sent me, the Charmed is a Mess videos. The, Which we binge watched the other day. <laughs> They're so funny. Um, I'll link some of them in the... I'll link my favorite ones in the show notes of this episode because they're hilarious. They're so funny. Um, and basically in season one, she said every single thing that we said about season one. <laughs> she really did. <laughs> um, but she said that like the writers wrote uh, Jenny out of the show because they realized she didn't serve a purpose. Oh, They didn't have any idea what to do with her. (laughs) She was just there. There's a lot of decisions that get made on this show with no plan for the future, though. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. But I have to think that they gave up because there's no way that Jenny was getting good ratings. No. There's no way. They had to have been getting bad feedback about her because they made her suck in every episode. (laughs) And they must have had dumb plan if she was going to be in the credits like i can't imagine they're just going to pop her in there and be like we'll figure it out later mm-hmm. like they had to have had something see i feel like in this episode i feel like she's present in the episode but she's not that bad it's just that she's already crossed a point of no return when we can never like her ever again <laughs> so maybe they were realizing oh we need to make her like a cool good influence not like this bitch who shows up and cries every day <laughs> but it was too late i mean <laughs> I feel like if we're being honest, the show really only has one person on it, and it's Shannon Doherty. (laughs) And so anybody else that's ever on screen has to get a credit in the main titles. (laughs) For some screen time? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Shannon Doherty and guest star Holly Marie Cohn. (laughs) Right. The opening song is Free by Paula Cole, which I want to mention just because Paula Cole in the 90s. I'm not, like, especially in love with this song, but it sets the mood. Yeah, it was a sure. good mood setter. That's- um, so, exposition. <laughs> 200 years ago, Tuatha realized killing people with magic is fun. And it's a huge problem. Leo, Leo's, like, ugh, wagging his finger about it. Leo is upset. Yeah. Do you know what... <laughs> so, so Dan gets tired of being openly cuckolded, so he leaves. <laughs> that means cuckold- being cuckolded is um, watching another man spend time with your woman. Oh. Mm. Well, that's yeah. nice. Plus, I will say, this is a very awkward scene. I feel like he stayed longer than he should have. Yeah. This is where they're just like, let's build up the tension through the whole season two with a love triangle. Yeah, yeah. And Phoebe kind of like tries a shooter shot with him, I saw. Like, she went in, she like rubbed his face and stuff and like touched him. Oh, you have lipstick on your face. Let me get it off with my tongue. Yeah. (laughs) That was weird. Was she coming on to him or was she just trying to make it awkward? I know she also was hitting on Leo first. So I think she just doesn't want Piper to have someone before she does. Yeah, Leo's main criteria in men is that they're currently dating her sister. You mean Phoebe? Oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Leo. Leo. Well, that would also be cool. Um, <laughs> Phoebe's main criteria in men is that they're also dating her sister. Okay, so Tuatha's name struck me as like it had to be important. Um, so I tried to figure it out. Um, her name is based on the Tuatha de Danan, or the people of the goddess Danu. These are the godlike race of Irish mythology. The Tuatha part just means people, though. So this evil witch's name means people. 
which valid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My name is People. I think the name is a little bit not well thought out, but they, I guess they were trying to go for this Irish thing. I feel like it's what we've talked about before. They were just like, oh, this is a word from some mythical thing that we don't know about. So we'll give it to the villain. I kind of went into like a deep dive thinking about this name. Like, first of all, because it is an Irish name. It is not pronounced like it spells. It's supposed to be like Tuwa. So not Tuatha. Whenever there's an H in there. like it's Right. Like you know, I think I heard that a long time ago, but I did forget. Yeah, it's weird. It's how, weird. how are you supposed to say it? It's Tua didanan. So like the Tua Tha. You're not supposed to pronounce Tha. Oh, okay. Um, Just Tua. Yeah, Tua. But I think it's interesting because like it did seem like a lot of what they were doing with Tuatha, the witch, was like very Irish. Like the name is Irish. She has too. red hair. Um, they mentioned how she like came around the 1800s, which is when like Irish people came to America. And what was like super interesting is like she has a lot of symbolism with snakes specifically. Mm-hmm. There's like that story about St. Patrick uh kicking all the snakes out of ireland which represented demons and i'm like that kind of ties in there is and you'll be excited when we get to the part that the seventh sun also has snakes in it yeah super interesting yeah so the snake thing was pretty spot on here leo is doing the exposition thing and basically saying that the charmed ones suck and they can't do anything so they have to go find this like ned's declassified school survival guide kid To have a fight with this evil 18th century witch who is fully ripping hearts out of people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You had a bad day at school? (laughs) I know what to do. Get yourself murdered. (laughs) Thanks, we've known you a whole day. (sighs) This dude, like, I feel like, I don't know if this is talking about it too soon, but, like, it bothered me that, like, he was the chosen one for, like, this one specific thing. Like, it seems like such a small thing to be a chosen one for. And then once he does it, like, what What then? Like, Could you imagine pointless? what it would be like to realize you had fulfilled your life's purpose right? at 15? <laughs> yeah! yeah. <laughs> and, like, this whole episode is, like, about building up his confidence. And now we're like, the world doesn't need you anymore. Like, oh. <laughs> we get to season eight, and he's just, like, in his parents' basement <laughs> with a beer gut and no hair. <laughs> oh, my God. He's, like, dropped out of college. <laughs> he's like... I'm served the world one time why couldn't he have been a witch that would have been cool like like a specific i get rid of the weird the weird bad witch's witch i don't i don't think he should have just been done i don't i don't think that makes any sense well and the fact that he was just done and that was his only thing that does not fit in with the seventh sun mythology prue is basically having like an antiques roadshow moment and this (laughs) this old woman is so irritating (laughs) she's so (laughs) annoying and like Betty, Betty, yes. Doesn't she sound just... She, does. she sounds awful. She looks like a real Betty. <laughs> and she's talking all about how this, this magic dildo is really cool, and it's inlaid with garnet and pewter and ebony. Um, We had a hard time seeing if there were any actual garnets on the, the staff. Did you notice? Yeah, they were like... Okay, so there was like the big amber chicken nugget at the top. And then, like, at the bottom of it, where it's actually connected to the wood, there's a bunch of little bitty garnets just kind of, like, in there. Oh, okay. okay. So they're really tiny, and we both just can't see. I think I noticed it, like, one time, because I was thinking the same thing. I was, like, looking up, like, is that yellow garnet? Like, I don't know, but I think yeah, showed it up close one time. Where's okay. Amethyst and Pearl? <laughs> and Steven! I do think, other than the garnets, it does look like the way it's described, though. Yeah. Because So the metal part is pewter, the wood is ebony, it is black, and then the, the stone on top is amber. And it, it, it's obviously 
obviously none of that is true, but it does look that way. <laughs> right. So I'll give him that. Um, I did some internet research for what all those things could be used for in magic, but I don't have my book of shadows here with me. So it's just the internet. Um, so maybe you guys can both tell me if you agree with, oh, with these these associations I turned up. Yeah. Okay. okay. So um, if Tuatha's wand is made of garnet, pewter, ebony, and amber, it's pretty fucking bitchin'. Yeah. So garnet is used for creativity and desire and all things to do with fire energy, which feels right to me. Yeah. Yeah. Super passionate. Um, the most common garnets are like a dark, deep red. Pewter is an alloy of tin. Um, tin being one of the seven major alchemical metals that's referenced for magical use. So pewter is, I think, 94% tin is what I read. It's mostly tin, but there's an alloy to make it harder. Pewter is used for money and influence and luck and any kind of thing to do with the planet Jupiter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know there's sometimes silver in pewter too not all the time i think that's like expensive pewter but that's a thing too that's magical ebony is a dark wood like a really dark nearly black wood from a tree and like a lot of naturally occurring black things it's used for defense dispelling dark magic protection and reversal which again sounded right i actually don't know that much about magical woods to be honest which i mean (laughs) shocking as a homosexual <laughs> hey oh he knows about regular woods yes. quite a few of them um, of course half of you listening already know uh do you have any extra information about like ebony as a magical tool as a magical tool i think it is kind of what you're talking about it's very like black thorny and black thorny is kind of used for like that banishing stuff first work blasting like uh if you ever look into traditional witchcraft they call it like blasting ones which are used more as like mm. the mean magic kind of stuff um okay i know uh Gemma gary calls it owl winking which I think is like the cutest term for like evil magic. Owl winking. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> That's really special. So I guess as a tool for an evil witch, this does kind of make sense. So our last piece is the amber. And amber represents healing, beauty, harmony, and love, which I think is interesting because it's really different from what Tuatha does. <laughs> and it's the centerpiece. <laughs> well, maybe that's why the the seventh son, being someone who's like pure of heart, can tap into the power of the wand because of the amber piece. But also that amber piece would probably have been worth so much more than what they valued it at, even in the 90s. That is a large piece of amber. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder, though, because, like, amber itself, it's, like, all about kind of preservation and things like that. And, like, she was preserved in rock for a while. So I wonder if there's, like, some immortality aspect to it that kind of should be feeding off of. I think just having a large chunk of amber like that, though, in general suggests power because, like, what a hard thing to obtain, what a rare thing to obtain. Uh, Do we want to talk about wands as a whole? I do. We put together a lot of information about wands because a wand is the, you know, central plot device of the episode. So let's talk about what they do in actual magic. Um, Wick, you... Do you sell wands in here? No, I've been trying to get wands oh, in here, but we don't have them yet. Bummer. I know. That's got to be like the only thing that's missing. It's the only thing. We have everything else in the world. Come to Malloway Bros. Um, are you... Do you use a wand in your own practice? Every once in a while. For me, like, I just got a wand, which I really like, and it has a little acorn, um, like a metal acorn on the bottom of it. And acorns Aww, are, like, my favorite thing. That's oh, so that cute. is so cute. I love it. It's fantastic. Um, But usually, I know a lot of times wands, they come from, like, more ceremonial magic, so they're used for, like kind of the practicality of a wand where you're using that to kind of like trace things like sigils and circles and things like Mm -hmm. that and i do like using like my hands and stuff like that so if i do use a wand i try to find one that's like a lot more handheld 
something that I can actually like, hold in my palm and feel that energy going through. I don't use a wand very often either, but when I do, it is rather small. And I like I like using my hands because it makes me feel more engaged in the magic that I'm doing. Like to be able to raise energy and feel it, like manipulating it between my palms, as opposed to directing it through a tool. I feel a little disconnected from that practice. Yeah, 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 that's a good word, disconnected. See, I've been thinking about wands a lot lately. I have um, two of them, perhaps. I have so many ritual tools at home. It's stupid. <laughs> but I really want one that I like connect to and I don't currently have one. Doing all this research on wands really made me want to find one. Maybe I have to make it. I don't know. I found a really cool stick the other day that I... You did! We were out walking. I'm sorry I interrupted you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we were out walking and I found this like really huge branch and one part of it like part of the wood was stripped off like naturally and I was like I want that and so I picked it up and I smacked Siren in the face with it and then I ripped off the really branch did. that I wanted I did um, dick bag um, well that's what you get for interrupting me all the time um, but it's so cool and I think I might want to bring it to the shop and show you because it, yeah. it's really cool it was like perfectly wand sized literally all I've done to this thing is rip it off of a tree branch and it's perfect as is. Do you ever, because I know like making wands a lot of times you're supposed to measure it from like the crook of your elbow to the tip of your middle finger which is called like an L's length. Mm. So like I think that's kind of like a fun like the wand chooses the wizard Harry kind of thing where like if it matches that length. Then so the length of the wand is special to you. Yeah. And like that's not a rule but uh -huh. I do like that. But it's cool. It's a cool yeah. idea. I think it is kind of cool. I think it was really funny the story about Phoenix and the Stick because we had just been watching this episode and then we were walking to go get coffee and then he was like my wand to the first <laughs> stick on the ground. <laughs> do you know what kind of wood it was? I don't. And we forgot to go back and check. So some of you are probably most of you probably are familiar with a wand because Harry Potter duh. And they're used for very similar purposes in magic. Uh, pointing, directing energy, sending things out, shit like that. But Siren did a whole bunch of research that. I have a stupid amount of random facts, but I will cut down on a little of them. Can tell you that a wand is shorter than a scepter, which is shorter than a staff. Oh. There are lengths implied in those words. However, um, a scepter, which I bring up because I think Tuatha's wand is more of a scepter. It is yes. pretty long, but um, scepters often have heads on them where wands don't always. And so that, when I, there's like a crystal or some kind of ornamentation, that to me says scepter. But I'll say the way she holds it. She holds it like out in front of yeah. her instead of pointing it. Like that's, that's Yeah, really... you're right. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. Regardless of length, a scepter also can, a scepter can be what you would call a wand or a staff that has like a, a symbol of, it represents a symbol of authority or something, which is what wands are used for a lot in all sorts of spiritual practices. So when I was doing research on wands, I was like, oh, we could talk about the air and fire thing. And Phoenix was just straight to like penises, wands or penises. <laughs> you want to talk about that? It's a dick. <laughs> um, so oftentimes wands and I'm more wands than athames most of the time, but both of those things are projective tools. And so they can be associated with the phallus or divine masculinity and used symbolically for that. In Wicca, when they do the, the great right they shove anathema into a chalice and it's very forceful and penetrative yeah. <laughs> i don't think it necessarily has had to be forceful it could be gentle and penetrative depending on what everyone's in the mood for <laughs> that's very true <laughs> Some of us just like it rougher than others. Um, but yeah, I, I oftentimes will associate wands with air because I think it makes more sense just in terms of like 
wood and like reaching towards the sky with trees and and i associate trees with wisdom which is connected to air and so i just think wands are more related to the air element than the fire element but i have budged on that a little bit with reading tarot because it helps with interpretation so we did talk about this when we talked about athames mm-hmm. on the um whatever episode that was that we talked about athames with all the republicans the one with mitt romney yes yeah so <laughs> there is like some people feel differently about associating like tools with elements but in a lot of traditions the wand will be associated with either air or fire and then the athame will be associated with the other one people go back and forth about it i was i was more into the wand as fire thing because that's what i learned first but i'm coming around to the wand as air thing and sort of kind of starting to like it especially after we talked about that wind blowing through tree branches thing and reaching up for the sky like i think that's really neat i think i remember you guys talked about this once in some episode with the uh the five chinese elements oh yeah, yeah. with the nexus yeah yeah and then the like the wood in the chinese elements has to do with air because the leaves blowing through the wind and everything so like yeah that that's connects. another correlation i didn't even yeah. think about so that, that makes sense there but yeah with tarot it's hard to like switch my brain back and forward yeah because i mean all of the especially if you're using rider weight smith all all of the all of the representations have fire on them and so you kind of have to interpret them as yeah. being about fire when you're using that particular deck um i'm not one to stray from the traditional style but it does make me sort of want to find a deck that has the associations that I have, so I can read a little differently from time to time. Okay, well, so this is, again, I'm not saying this is for everybody, but this is something that I've read. Um, I've read that wands and athames are used in much the same way, just in different circumstances. So people associate athames with high magic, stuff to, like, contact deity, formal rituals, sabbats, hand fastings, funerals, that kind of thing. And then they'll associate wands with low magic, more like doing a spell for yourself or to help your friends or something like that. That's interesting. I never heard that before, but I like that idea. Yes. And that's kind of how I had been using mine a little bit. I like that. I like that idea because it gives like, because sometimes I never know which one to use. Mm -hmm. Like, should I use anathema because it's pointy and shiny and I like it? (laughs) Or should I use my wand because I like the feeling of wood in my hand? (laughs) (laughs) As a tradition, you can follow anyway. Yeah. If you want to. I'm trying to think, because like I know a lot of times both of these, like if they're very ceremonial tools, they're used in higher magic, because that's like what ceremonial magic would be. Um, so a lot of times like with folk magic, people won't really have wands. I know the Cornish witches had something called a keppin, which is like a tiny six inch wand that they would like keep in their pocket a lot of the times, which would make sense, like, because they would be the ones using low magic. So, like, that's something that mm-hmm. they would be able to incorporate in their magic, but in, like, a stealthier way. I almost wonder if there is sort of a classist connotation there, though, because, like, not everyone has access to anathema or a dagger, but anybody can go out and find themselves a wand. Oh, yeah. Like, high magic and low magic is all classism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know a lot about, like, European witchcraft and trad witchcraft and, like... Do you want to talk a little bit about the different ways that tools can be used there? Um, specifically, like, tools of wood, since that was, that's what we're talking about? Hmm, yeah, let me think. Talk to us about <laughs> wands, Meg. So I think, like, a lot in, um, from what I've read, a lot of times in traditional witchcraft, they're bigger on, like, staffs, especially stings, which is something, it's like a, like a Y-shaped stick that you would use a lot in tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, or staffs that they would kind of find that are more, like, snake shaped because snakes are again like very important in a lot of different types of the craft um but wands trying to think i don't know if that's like as big of a thing in too much traditional witchcraft and i i definitely come at it from the more like folky low magic side so ceremonial witchcraft as far as i know it is the one that uses like the really fancy expensive tools and they're also the ones that are like those really aren't considered witchcraft because that was the stuff that was like 
sanctioned by God or the government or money, where like witchcraft was the stuff that was the poor people who weren't especially Christian. So a stang is, it functions a lot like a staff or a wand, just in like a larger capacity. Because you use the stang to cast a circle or to lay the compass, right? Yeah, it's interesting. It's, um, it kind of represents, it's a little bit more like a representation of the world tree. The top part of the Y sort of represents like the upper plane. The middle stick is like the axis between the worlds. And then the land that it's standing on represents the lower plane. So you're sometimes it works kind of like an altar or sometimes it works as like a staff that you're used to kind of like be in that liminal space. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So less penis metaphor and more like actual tree. Yeah. <laughs> I have often thought of like, I used to have a real staff, but it was from the land I lived on and I left it there <laughs> when oh, I didn't good. live there anymore. Um, but it was, so it was like, it was taller than me, if you can imagine. Um, so I would like hold it against the ground and sort of imagine that it was connecting me to the earth and the sky at the same time, which is kind of what the world tree does in some ways. Yeah, totally. That's, that would be exactly yeah. the same type of jive. That's really cool. So wands become prominent in... In European witchcraft, at least as far as we know, in a 13th century grimoire titled The Oathbound Book of Honorius. The Oathbound Book of Honorius, maybe. Much of which was absorbed into the later 16th century grimoire, which we've talked about before, the Key of Solomon. Um, some guy from the Golden Dawn did have the Key of Solomon translated into English, which is why Gerald Gardner was able to read it, and he was heavily influenced by that book when he was forming Wicca and his publications about Wicca. So, that's how wands get into kind of witchcraft as we know it today in America. Um, I did do a little bit of etymology because it's fun, okay? So... <laughs> I'm going to get into it. I looked up the etymology of wand, and what I found is soups cool, bitches. So, wand comes from the uh, 1200 AD Old Norse Vondor, and the Gothic cognate, either wandus or vondus. I don't know how many of these W's are V's, <laughs> and how many of them aren't. Not a clue. It's a Campbell. Not a clue. So, I think what I'm going to do is probably just say them as W's, and I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but they're spelled as W's. I I don't know. I'm probably wrong. I don't care. So, related to the... Okay, so... Vond, you mean? Yes. So, wand or... Wandus or Vonder meaning rod is related to either wand or vond in German, which means wall. And specifically, it was talking about walls made out of wicker. So, this is very important. Um, originally, a wand wasn't like a hard, firm rod. As we would think of it now, it was a more supple stick that could be used in things like weaving wicker. For example, wand is related to wicker. The original wands were bendy and now they're not. So wand used to be flaccid and now it's hardened. <laughs> but the cool thing about being related to wicker is wicker is related to weave because you weave wands together to make wicker. And weave, as we know, is related to wisdom and Witch! Which yeah. is so cool! So etymologically, these concepts are related through the practice of weaving wicker. And it's like witches still could see across that etymological distance and want wands to come back to them. That's actually super interesting. Because like, um, uh, things that witches would have flown on in the past, a lot of times they take like a, like things of ragweed or something like that. Um, or like long grasses and they would have called them boon wands. And like, it's not really described as like, like a firm wand, it's usually described as something that's like bendy, and I'm like, that's cute, it's not a wand, lol, but it was. 
You're right. Like so technically, yeah, the bristles of a broom or besom could be described as wands by its original meaning. That's cool. This changes everything. That's awesome. So I thought that was really neat. Also, to back up your dick thing, Venus. Penis. Um, so one of the other original names for a wand was verge, and this is Latin. From the original Latin verga, which means rod or stick. However, but in, in old French, by 1200 AD, it had evolved all sorts of meanings, including rod, measuring stick, penis, staff of office, and the territory such a wand represented authority over. I am middle school. Which, but it gives, it gives the wand all these connotations of, yes, masculinity, but also, like, power and authority. Yeah. So when you're holding a wand as a witch, you're kind of claiming some kind of power and authority. And this is the way that wands and scepters have been used in all sorts of other religions, um, heavily in Catholicism. Everybody have a wand. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, and like Greek mythology too. It was um, uh, Hermes who had the... Uh, the the Caduceus. Caduceus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wands at the ready, fish. everybody. So back at Buckland's or the local news station, I guess. The Antiques Roadshow uh, Warehouse the Convention ant- Center? Yeah, the Antiques Roadshow. Uh, Lachlan Monroe shows up, of all people. I didn't know that was his name, but Siren did. Lachlan Monroe is the actor who plays Jack. Oh, really? He's in everything. I, he's, so his, I think one of his most latest roles was in Riverdale. Um, I remember him from Scary Movie. That's what I know though. him from. Yeah. I just recognize him by his teeth now. Oh, yeah. His, like, big old horse teeth. <laughs> yep. Um, so he's going to be the love interest. I hope proves into biting. <laughs> And he's basically just here to be annoying and to cause a little bit of conflict. And Prue says that his dick is small on television. He pisses her off, so she makes a small (laughs) dick joke on live TV. Yeah. She's Uh, a shit. I can see there's not much there. That's a good line from her. It was. We don't do body shaming, Prue. But I actually, I do hate that. I do hate it. I do hate that. I think that's one thing that, like, people think is socially acceptable to body shame men over and... I don't think that it is. It's not. I think it's totally not okay. And also, I'm just going to say this. Small dicks are fine with me. Totally okay. <laughs> Prefer it that way, honestly. It's so much easier to deal with. It, yeah. So don't feel ashamed. Just text me. <laughs> <laughs> Prue steals from the sky. She uses magic for thievery. <laughs> and you cannot tell me that that's not personal gain. That 100% is. But I guess since it plays into the story, it's fine. I love whenever they use personal gain. I'm always supportive of it. Me too. She's such a hypocrite. This is this, she's always doing this shit. That's her whole thing. She's like, Piper, Phoebe, you can't do that. Meanwhile, it's okay if I use magic tricks at work to fuck people over. <laughs> oh, we shouldn't even know it was a magical wand yet. She is just doing this for work. Yeah, she was just pure like- ego. It's coincidence that it worked out. <laughs> just to be a bitch. So we go to Kyle's school, and there are three grown adults. Standing across the street, watching a bunch of teenagers. <laughs> Making fun of Kyle. Making fun of him. <laughs> being like, he should battle acne at his age. And Phoebe's like, oh, and he's a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name's Holly Marie Combs. And with Proactive, I cleared up my skin as well. <laughs> hmm. So Leo explains to us that it is not enough to know about wands. And it is not enough to know about Tuatha. We also have to know about the seventh son of the seventh son. Wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome to You Must Be Mistaken, the part of the show where we call out the wild inaccuracies and misrepresented figures, features, and creatures in mythology. Um, I didn't do any research on the Seventh Sun stuff because I thought it was boring. So, Siren, why don't you talk? <laughs> I can while? totally take over. Um, do you know anything about this, Wick? I do. I know a little bit about it. Well, why don't you tell me what you know, and I'll fill in the blanks. Well, I know you did so much research on it. I don't want to, like, jump over what you're talking about. You're the about. guest. You're the and guest. this bitch talks all the time. I do. Okay. <laughs> so I know it's, um, a big part of Irish legend is the idea of, like, if you are the seventh son of a seventh son. So, like, if your dad's generation had a bunch of sons, um, without any girls in between, and then the dad had you after seven other sons without girls in between... And you have this magical ability. Um, and like uh, usually they're considered like very godly type abilities. So it's more something that comes from like Christianity. So it's not witchcraft. It's okay. And that kind of falls in the area of like a cunning person or a peller who mostly like heals people and gets rid of bad witchcraft. Oh. Do you think Kyle versus Tuatha is kind of a Christianity versus witchcraft thing? Should we not be rooting for Kyle? <laughs> I was not rooting Were for Kyle. Were we ever yeah. rooting? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, what else do you know about Well, that, that all checks out. Yeah, totally. Um, I Everything that Wick said is correct. Um, to be a seventh son of a seventh son, you can have no sisters at all. Just seven dudes, pers- then followed immediately by seven more dudes. That's a lot of dudes. This doesn't sound like an issue to me. <laughs> Valid. Valid. I mean, I, I don't know why I'm being such a slut this episode. <laughs> well, no, I, now that I think about it, yeah. So if it's not going to work out with him, he's got six other brothers I can meet. Yeah. There's even one part in the episode where he's like, did one of my brothers put you up to this? Was this Sean or Cody? <laughs> Oh, you're right. He does mention his other brothers. Yeah. Was this totally Sean head. or Cody or my other brother, Broke Straight Boys, or my other brother, Falcon Studios? <laughs> or my other brother, Bait Buzz? <laughs> you're gay. I know. I have so many gender problems with this. So what if someone is trans? Does that ruin it for you? My power's gone now. I think it's... When I read that it was, like, gender-specific, I thought that was kind of dumb. However, I think this is interesting, but equally dumb. Um, Where is it? In Scotland. And, like, only in Scotland. There is a belief that if you are the seventh daughter of a seventh daughter, then your mom has six older sisters and you have six older sisters and no boys in between, then you will be an incredibly powerful fortune teller or psychic. Oh, nice. Way to go, Scotland. Which is super cool. But that's the only legend that girls get. The rest is about men. Like you said, um, being the seventh son of the seventh son, it gives you some kind of powers. And sometimes it's just a power you have because you were born that way. Sometimes being the seventh son draws the attention of a god who blesses you with power, though. So it could be one or the other. I like that. Yeah. Um, There's a whole deal with seven. So I've really put this off, you guys, but I've decided to get into numerology (laughs) for the podcast. And I'm actually, Phoenix is so grossed out, but I'm kind of actually like really getting interested in it. Um, So it's cool. It's fine. So I did some numerology and I guess I'm going to keep talking about numerology for the rest of the show. (laughs) What do you think about that, Phoenix? I think if I wanted to take a math class, I wouldn't have dropped out of college. Well, I think if you didn't want to be bored with endless facts, you chose the wrong (laughs) co-host. 
So number seven is often seen as a mystical or lucky number in various traditions. You've heard lucky number seven. We've all heard that. We've all seen it on lottery tickets. Um, but yeah, seven shows up in a lot of prominent places in all sorts of religions. Seven heavens, seven virtues, seven deadly sins, seven sleepers, seven sisters, the original seven discovered planets, the seven alchemical metals. Um, in numerology today, seven is seen as the number of knowledge and wisdom. And in Europe and the Middle East, it has also had the separate meaning of completeness. So most of the references of Seven Sons of Seven Sons do come from Ireland, and everything Wick said covers everything I was going to say. Oh, except that um, one of the powers they're supposed to be blessed with is healing, specifically. Healing powers is what they get. So I guess girls can see the future and boys can heal. Or sometimes become a vampire or a werewolf. <laughs> Some of that, too. Um, there is an Italian legend of a character named Ciarallo, I think. I don't know how to say words, but he was a seventh son of a seventh son, and he had the power to get this rebuke snakes. <laughs> That's the thing. Yes, exactly. I thought that was cool. Um, he was immune to snake venom and could grant immunity to snake venom to others. Oh, that's that so was weird. his power from being the seventh son. So the seventh son was like, fuck snakes. I think that's really cool because Tuatha has a snake. Yeah. Tuatha has a snake. Let's give Charmed way more credit than they deserve and say that they planned this whole thing and that was the lore that they were going for. Yes. I think I think it was a little planned out. I just wish Tuatha had a different name. I wish yeah. they had named her something that made more sense. Like Blair. <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> Instead of population. It's a little spot on. <laughs> right, so um, this guy in the 1800s, Edward Augustus Kendall, he wrote a book called Travels Through the Northern Parts of the United States, which sounds super boring and not like anything <laughs> I would ever read. So thankfully somebody on Wikipedia read this for me. <laughs> but he wrote that he was told by an innkeeper, a local myth from somewhere... <laughs> about how a seventh son of a seventh son with a particular birthmark on their head could go down into a mine and find an exact black rock that would give them the ultimate power of dousing. They would be able to take this rock and see into the earth whether there was water or a stone or mineral or whatever, they would be able to find it. Oh, interesting. It is interesting because we're about to talk about dousing in like 20 minutes. Ooh, it's super interesting. <laughs> yeah. But it is not always good. As Phoenix mentioned, um, in Latin America, being the seventh son can predispose you to becoming a werewolf. Uh, the only thing that you can do about this is to get baptized in seven different churches and change your name to Benito. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. So much. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I'd rather be a werewolf. <laughs> I don't really. I don't want to be named Benito. Um, in, in Romania, well, bitch, you're going to be a vampire. <laughs> There's um. There's a few more, and I wish I actually did research on this, but, like, there's a few things that you can, like, be born with, and it gives you these special powers. There's, like, if you're born with a call on your head. Have you guys heard of that? The call is the birthmark I was talking about. From oh, is story. it really? Yes. Yeah, it's, like, um, like an embryotic thing, and I think, like, sometimes it will leave a mark on you, and, like, if you have, like, this, like, thing over your head, kind of like a bubble, then you're supposed to have a lot of the same abilities that, like, the uh, seventh son would have. Oh, um, wow. Or if you're born with red hair, you're also a witch, so I'm just, you know, <laughs> another point to redheads. I have kind of a thing for gingers, so... <laughs> it's because we're magical. It's totally fine. You're definitely a witch. 100% a witch. No hiding that. No. I mean, look at your outfit. Right. <laughs> uh, Wick is gorgeous, you guys. Every day I've been in here, he's been dressed to the nines. I, <laughs> I want to raid your closet. <laughs> uh, thank you. This is so kind. 
So Piper and Phoebe ambush this 15-year-old boy. <laughs> They're like, hey, we're two older women. Do you want to <laughs> come back to our house? <laughs> yeah, and then she adds him to her freezing survivor support group. And again, like, she does it to Josh. She does it to... Dan. What's his name? Joe. Auction guy. Oh, the hot auction guy, Joe. She keeps walking around freezing people and moving and traumatizing them. Yeah, people just kind of, like, brush it off a lot. I wonder what they're actually seeing. Do they just think they're having, like, a conniption? And they're like, oh, I thought there was, like, a short brunette here, but I guess not. It probably looks like warlocks blinking. I mean, honestly, think, wait, what happens to their bodies? Because everything stops. How do they not die? Wait, okay, question for you guys. And this is going to go, like, way off the rails, but it's always something I wondered. Um, So, like, <laughs> do you think that her power is stopping time or freezing molecules? I think I wish that they would decide. Right. <laughs> yeah, because apparently your power works by slowing down molecules, and now you can speed them up, too. I think slowing down molecules sounds like it would kill people. Yes. They would literally. <laughs> yes. I think freezing time makes sense for magic. It does. And, like, if from the new Charmed, Melanie had the slowing down molecules power, and that's what would happen, people would literally freeze, like, with ice. But, like, they don't ice freeze here. They just immobilize. So I feel like this is time. Yeah. 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 It never made... The molecule thing was just to try to justify the explosions. Yeah. Right? And why couldn't they just be like, we're tired of you doing nothing every episode. (laughs) Yeah. Here's this other power. It turns out that this power also makes sense for the way you throw up your hands. Yes. (laughs) So Kyle's last name is Gwydion, which is a magician and trickster from Welsh mythology. So, again, very European in nature. Gwydion is a member of the Tua de Danan, um, and the only aspect of Gwydion's story that lines up here is at one point, he has a one-on-one magical duel, which he wins. Sure. Gwydion means born of trees, which I just think is pretty, because I fucking love trees. And he's a central figure in the Welsh legend, The Battle of Trees, which I'm just really bringing up because it inspired one of my favorite Tori Amos songs called The Battle of Trees. (laughs) Um, but probably a big influence on Tolkien here, too. He animates trees as warriors. Oh. oh. What were those guys called? The... the bleh. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, that is actually super cool. I wonder if that's where he pulls that from. Yeah, so I don't know if maybe the fact that Gwydion could animate trees is kind of another thing tying Kyle to the wand, maybe? Meaning oh. he would have dominion over the wand, too. Because it's made of wood. Or if they were just like, here's another reference from this mythological system that we're accessing. It could be that too. There was, um, like the Tuatha Dé Danann, like they had these four specific treasures that like were very, like they each had their own power. It very much is kind of like this cool MacGuffin type of story. But I think one of them was like a, like a lightsaber or like a sword that glowed. And another one was like a spear that shot these like uh like egg-sized sparks and stuff so i feel like you could kind of say that this would fit into either one of those oh well it's cool that there's like a little bit of i mean if anybody else was talking about that like this episode no one would take it that far right (laughs) so on the surface it's like this is silly but the deeper that we have dug into it here it makes a little bit of sense this is lining up better than normal charmed writers are actually witches and everything that they've written is 100 percent accurate if we want you to get anything from the podcast it's that (laughs) (laughs) okay so in the next scene there is this exterior shot and i am pretty sure it's the exact same house that 
every single other person lives in. <laughs> it's the same exterior shot from Aviva, from that little bitch that finds fairies later, <laughs> and this lady. Like, it's the same house. <laughs> and I guess it's always open because everyone keeps dying there. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so the snake shows up, and you know that this old woman thinks that this is the performance of her career (laughs) she is giving all she's got and i can't stand a single second of it (laughs) to clarify the snake is attacking betty yes betty she lives in the same house as everyone else yes in the house where everyone lives and just the way that she talks and the shrillness of her (laughs) i I can't. I hate everything about it, and I'm glad Tawatha kills her. Oh, so wait, is it Betty or Jenny who's a worse actor for you? Yeah. Oh, no. I'm going to insist that you answer. <laughs> I think Betty's worse. Oh, my God. Give a little reprieve. Score to one for Karen! <laughs> because she has this fake-ass, like, mid-Atlantic accent. She's like, oh, I bought it at a yard sale for $15. <laughs> She did say that. <laughs> get blown up, Betty. Get off, get off my TV. I want to see the drag queen. Yeah, make like an innocent and explode. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Tawatha shows up and is just fantastic the whole time. <laughs> Prue somehow um, just like gets there right in the nick of time. Super she, convenient. Well, she get there because she stole the address. Yeah. She and sto- so she was going to steal that lady's wand. Yeah, she was going to go steal the wand and then lucky for her, she just dies. She doesn't even have to pay for it. Right. Saves a pretty penny. And <laughs> Cost effective. Thanks, Chiwatha. <laughs> then she gets to hang out with a drag queen. And Prue throws her through a wall and this bitch just like sits right back up and is like, that was fine. Oh my god. Oh my god, Prue season three, take notes, because this is gonna come up again. So I actually <laughs> love this part. Also, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> um that was just I just it's like a little stab in the heart, actually. Wick, thank you. Um I love this part because I think it's I think it's really cool. I think Tuatha looks really good flying through the windows. The windows look really great crashing and exploding and glass breaking everywhere it makes prue look bad ass like that is an attack prue fucked her up but then tuatha stands back up like it was nothing <laughs> that bitch is scary <laughs> <laughs> because that's prue's biggest move and tuatha just stood back up i freaking loved it it's so good and tuatha's boobs are just out. <laughs> they are out. They are out, mama. <laughs> it is Melinda Warren all over again. This fucking bodice, just like super cleave. I can't, like, I'm living for it. I love it <laughs> yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah. We haven't, how, somehow we've not talked about Tawatha's outfit. Her tits are out and she's wearing this like large period red dress. It's, it's bright red. It's so good. And her hair is bright red. And she has this belt with pouches full of powders and herbs that she that. can just dip into and throw around. Her powders are some of my favorite things because I think it really kind of like sets her apart from the charmed ones. Because like she, I don't know what this powder is that she's always using to do like the Sabrina magic, but it is like one of the coolest things that I think any of the witches has done. They really lean hard into her being the evil witch, and there aren't a lot of evil witches. They're always called warlocks. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's because she was just a regular old witch, and she was like, I really like to kill. <laughs> Wait, what is the difference then between a witch and a warlock? Because I feel like they said before, like, that's just an evil witch. Well, since you ask, I think by the definition, Tuatha should be classified as a warlock, but for the purposes of this one time, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Maybe, I mean, I guess maybe b- warlocks are born into evil witch families, and Tuatha was a powerful good witch who realized that killing people with magic is fun. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. sure. <laughs> Tuatha represents what the Charmed Ones could be if they studied one goddamn day in their life. <laughs> <laughs> Which, actually, yeah, Tuatha, she's, like, always using spells. She's using concoctions and things. She doesn't have any active powers. That's a good point. And I feel like that's what warlocks do. They steal active powers, so maybe that's her thing yeah so maybe she was like a a witch practitioner who just figured out how to make shit work because she read a book or her powders the way she can use i don't know these ingredients maybe that is her power That's maybe cool. but it explains why she needs a wand and no one else does i guess mm-hmm. but when she has the wand she also has the added benefit of being able to make people explode right <laughs> so back at the manor kyle's like i have so many brothers i haven't eaten in three weeks nobody cares about me at all but then prue shows up with this bitch stick and it glows (laughs) for this neglected child number seven it just like flashes and he's like whoa that makes him stick around somehow yeah i'm sorry if somebody like if i'm leaving a place because i'm uncomfortable and someone shows up with a weird glow stick I'm leaving. I'm <laughs> leaving. I'm having the complete opposite reaction. I'm trying to leave. I don't feel good here. And they're like, oh, no, here's this ornate ceremonial wand that will make you powerful. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I can go raid your fridge. <laughs> the sisters want to kill Tuatha themselves, but Leo is like, no, you guys suck. They are fully capable of stopping her. All she does is have a snake, intense facial expressions, and bags of glitter. <laughs> <laughs> She's also a serial killer, so maybe that's why Prue wants to see her again. It's a meat cute. Oh, <laughs> I ship it. Yeah. Oh my god, I love Tuatha slash Prue. Pruatha. Pruatha. Oh my god, that's perfect. Honestly, this is better than Prue and Andy. Hashtag Pruatha. Oh my god, yeah, and they just they they can bond over loving to kill people. Seriously, oh, Prue god. likes to kill innocents just as much as Tuatha. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, But why is Jenny here? Why does Jenny have to come into the scene? She just barges in. It's so cringy. This actually, I feel like they were doing some like weird flirty tension and it seemed so uncomfortable because I I don't know how old the actor is that they had to play Kyle, but he seemed very much like in his mid twenties and Jenny seems like in her mid nines. So like, I don't (laughs) know. I feel like Jenny is maybe, I I don't know. I don't know how old Karis was, but I feel like for a lot of the show, she's been acting as though she is not and then suddenly in this episode they were like let's make her 15 right (laughs) and it doesn't make any sense it's gross yeah no it's not good and she's like i don't believe in magic (laughs) which is not your best line girl no and then kyle's like everybody believes in magic and then jenny's like not me (laughs) i'm not like the other girls i'm special it's so bad and i'm so happy it's over <laughs> she's just not a good actress she doesn't even sound like a real person she sounds like one of those dolls where you pull strings <laughs> it just says stuff that's that's jenny well this is her swan song we don't have to see her after this thank god she gets one more scene oh, frack. okay so 
But Kyle spins the wand. And it's like, you spin me round around, baby, round around. <laughs> like a wand, baby, right round, round, round. <laughs> Leo's like, get the fuck out of here, Jenny. He does. Leo says what we're all thinking and kicks Jenny out. No one wants you around. <laughs> Why don't you just move away? <laughs> Leo does walk in like super duper angry. Like really. He is. Like, he's like. He's got a wand up his butt this episode. There's just nothing... <laughs> there's nothing else to say. He's just being a dick the whole time. So Jenny is like, okay, I can take a hint, and then she leaves. She literally can't. <laughs> no, she, she did take the hint, because... She barges into their house all the time. Did you get a good look at Tuatha's spell book? Because it's exactly the same as the like, writing in the charm book of yeah, shadows. Yeah, like the, the same um, calligraphy. Also, like the calligraphy thing that they were using was definitely a marker. It was not like a, uh, a paintbrush or anything. So it did not really fit in with anything that would be happening in the 1800s. In that yeah. one, it really did look like a marker. How could you tell that it was a, a marker as opposed to something else? Like the way it's it's weird to tell, but like there's parts where like the T would overlap and you can see that like it was it was specifically like a square tip type of overlap because it's translucent-y. That's so mm-hmm. cool. Wick went to art school. So he knows like a whole school. bunch about. That's so cool. I mean, someone's probably going to come up and be like, oh, you're wrong. This is the paintbrush that they use. And I'm like, oh, okay, sorry, but... I'm sure Kevin has it. <laughs> um, do you remember? He's, he actually told us the spell book that Tuatha uses here is also the Phoenix Grimoire in season six. It's the same prop. There was a bird on the cover. I was trying to figure yeah. out what it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is really interesting. And the bird is not referenced here, but it made sense for later. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. Like, it looks cool, obviously, that it's the same kind of calligraphy and artwork in her spell book. But it also kind of makes it look like maybe they have some common ancestors. Is Tuatha their long lost cousin? I would actually, I have a lot of Is questions. Tuatha descended from Melinda Warren? <laughs> how did we end up in an incest Tuatha gate? How? That wasn't even on purpose. <laughs> At least I did it this time and not you. <laughs> Anyway, this is the first episode with Scrying. And Phoenix is so mad. So the way that the Charmed Ones scry is not scrying. (laughs) It's just not how it works. The Charmed Ones dangle a spinning crystal, which is, it's it's a crystal on a string, it's a pendulum, over a map to track down evil and they call it scrying. No. It is a completely different form of magic than scrying and this is the problem that i have with this show in particular is there are words for what they're doing that they just don't use (laughs) they just use a different word that means something else the word for this is just as pretty like you don't have to not use that yeah dowsing is like so i would call that dowsing do you agree yeah i'd say that's dowsing yeah um and dowsing is a method where you use some sort of divination tool to find something so there's actually, so um, you guys, we were on Words of the Witches uh, talking about the episode Force Company. Yes. Yeah, with our friend Kevin, and it was a great episode. But live on the episode, Phoenix told me that I didn't know what the fuck scrying was, and <laughs> I didn't. And that's cool. <laughs> but, I, but I realized in that moment that I think... I think that this is scrying because this show told me to think that. (laughs) And I also think that I am smart. So there's some cognitive dissonance. (laughs) So, yeah. Scrying is actually an attempt to receive a message or view images by gazing upon an object that acts as a focal point. So you can do this with like a mirror or a candle or a bowl of water 
There are so many different ways to scry that they could also do if they wanted to use this word. How much harder would it be for them to light a candle and have the actor stare at it for a second? <laughs> the only thing that is active about what they do is that they're swinging a crystal around. They can still look at a candle and talk and then have like images come out of it. You know? It does make a cool shot for the opening sequence, though, where it's like the crystal goes down. Oh, yeah, and it like so, drops. I think the crystal scrying is awesome, and I would never want to change that, but I do agree that calling it scrying was stupid. So I love that they do it. It looks great on screen every time. Yes. But it should have just been called dousing. Um, but, you know, since there was a lot of confusion there, I did put together a list of some vocabulary words so we could talk mm. about the difference. Ooh, you went into this. I'm insane <laughs> when I make these outlines. <laughs> So um, Phoenix already defines scrying. Um, you know, it's an attempt to receive messages by looking at something, basically, is the, the main concept there. You're staring at something. That's what makes it scrying. Because I think it etymologically has its roots in eyes and looking. So that's not the same thing as augury, which is interpreting observable events such as, like, omens. So that is what augury is. Or augury is, like, creating a situation and then interpreting the shape of something. So maybe the way some people read, like, tea leaves or not that... I do this, but I think maybe you do. Um, when you like disembowel cows, mm, I do do you that. know, um, so that sort of thing. <laughs> I think it's also um, a word used for like bird divination. So like if you see like certain birds going in different directions. Yes. Yes, it is. So divination is different because it is interpreting symbols through a ritual or a standardized process, like laying out tarot cards or casting runes or something. You're going through a process you do every time and then interpreting the results that appear, which are able to be randomized. So that's divination. Ooh, that's a good definition <clears throat> for that. And clairvoyance is the innate ability to see the future or other... Um, locations to see outside of your current senses. It's a kind of ESP. So it's, it's not like something... I have ESPN or something. It's exactly <laughs> like that. Um, the only thing that I want to add to the scrying part is actually a lot of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I w okay, I want to talk about this part. We have been recording for an hour and a half, so okay, pick it and make it quick. So I, I just want to pull out this part that I pulled out of an article I read on a website called the College of Psychic Studies. Um, I thought this was a really cool way of defining scrying. Scrying uses an object as a focus, and the focus signals to your mind to activate your subconscious. It tells your mind that you are ready to start scrying right now by looking at your scrying object. You are not seeing images in your focus. Your mind is projecting images onto your focus. Ooh, yes. So that's like using using a tool to access the psychic part of your mind rather than the tool showing you pictures. That makes a lot of sense too because I think like that when I tried scrying at first like that was the hardest thing for me was actually like trying to take a snapshot and like smoke or something like I think I saw a snake there but like if you're actually like trying to like um your mind is like pulling out whatever that psychic image is and putting it on top of the thing. Yeah. So yeah. when I read that I connected with the practice a lot more because I've never been able to just stare at anything and see something, but I wasn't thinking about it that way. Yeah. So I almost want to try again. I love scrying. Um, most of the time I'll do candle scrying as opposed to mirror scrying because looking at myself in the mirror for a long time freaks me out. So what's really cool is that the Evil Queen's magic mirror in Snow White was inspired by the actual practice of mirror scrying. And I remember you really like the Evil Queen, right? She's Yeah, she's one of my favorites. Wasn't she like one of your big inspirations for being a witch? I can't remember, like believe you remember that. She was, yeah, like when I was three years old or something, I saw her walking down that staircase with her swooshy cape and just going through all her books and like that. 
that triggered me. I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. And honestly, you do do that. So, <laughs> like, good for you. Childhood dream. <laughs> Thank you. Achieved. <laughs> so Leo gets all Obi-Wan meets Care Bearers and hits Kyle with some self-help pep talk while the witches go off to kill Tuatha. Tuatha just straight up rips out a man's heart. <laughs> she walks up to him and she's like, hey, mine. <laughs> she's like, hey, fun fact, if I rip out your heart... You'll die. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fourth person she has killed on screen at this point. Is it really? Oh, yeah. This is the fourth person that she has killed. Yeah. She... And all the people that she kills get, like, no screen time. They're just like, hi, I'm a body. And she's like, great, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, this guy seems like a douche, so really no big deal. <laughs> His name is Joshua, which will be important in a second. Joshua! He's dead, huff. <laughs> so I want to say, like, the heart that she pulls out, too. Like, I remember it first, like, looking really real, but if you look closer, I think it's just two chicken cutlets, like, squeezed together. I think so. Yeah. Oh my god, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's way too big for a human Amazing! Heart. No, you're right. <laughs> um, so back at the manor... Seabiscuit shows up to accuse Prue of stealing Betty's address, which she did. She did. Yeah. And then she proceeds to gaslight him like she does every time she gets caught doing something Gaslight, wrong. gatekeep, girl boss. That is Prue. Uh, Dan shows up to try to have sex with Piper, and then things get very Rocky Horror Picture Show in the foyer. <laughs> Dan! Leo! Piper! Jack! Prue! Phoebe! <laughs> so after... Bats! <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're back in the batty cave with the body. Prue is absolutely, absolutely useless. She does that thing where she waves her hand and nothing happens, so she looks at it like... <laughs> <laughs> like, you stupid bitch. Should I turn this thing on? <laughs> Damn, I forgot to charge the batteries. <laughs> and then uh, Tuatha, she's like, huh, I stripped your powers. And then That's why she had to kill that guy, by the way. Yeah. She had to kill that guy to tie up his chicken cutlets to take away Prue's powers. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Prue and Phoebe walk in like, bet you weren't expecting us to announce ourselves. And <laughs> Walk right into your field of rain. Casually stroll up to you. I was so frustrated with this. They were so stupid. They didn't achieve anything. No. She also takes one look at them. She grabs some powder and she fucks their shit up. Yeah. She's like, bet you didn't count on me fucking your shit up. <laughs> they didn't. Like, why does she need the wand? She's doing everything with this powder. She's totally fine she with that. Yeah, no, she doesn't need the wand. If she just left the wand alone, she would have lived. Yeah. She would have been fine. Um, she would have 100% won. Right. She would have been the source of all evil. Um, yeah, but she was just like, this feels boring. I'm going to leave. <laughs> and she does... Pop she does this thing. I'm so upset that I can't convey this through the medium of podcasting. But you know what she does? It's every time she, it's <laughs> she like flails out her arms yeah. and throws her head back, like American Eagle style. It's yes. so dramatic, but it's exactly like Hellfreck and Buffy. Oh yeah, it's, I yeah. swear, Tuatha did it first. It's like she's trying <laughs> to do like a vertical belly flop <laughs> <laughs> as she teleports. <laughs> I love it. It's very dramatic. <laughs> but so she just like, she 
kicks their asses and teleports away. And Phoebe's like, wow, she is better than us. <laughs> Probably because she reads books on witchcraft and then practices witchcraft. Dumbass. She does leave the heart there, though. So I wonder if, like, Prue just kind of, like, untied it, would her powers come back? That's a really... They're too stupid. They're too right, stupid yeah. to even do it. <laughs> the three of us are better witches than the Charmed Ones. Yeah, I mean, the Tuathli even, like, points it out, though. She's like, this is a thing I use to get rid of your powers. Actually, um... She just says that she cast the spell, and then later they're reading the book, and they find the same spell, but they don't make the connection. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. There, I'll give them that. So point. they're so dumb, they don't even know about the spell that's being used on them. Right. Kyle still sucks. He's not accomplishing anything with the wand. He's like, I don't believe in myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then Leo has to be all like, fuck yeah, Kyle. Really give it to me, man. <laughs> It's just, all of it's bad. Leo, I want to say Leo is giving something. He's giving, I shouldn't be allowed to work with teenagers energy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's very like Marnie the Dinosaur. (laughs) It goes from like a super loving, uplifting pep talk to being like, you suck. (laughs) He's getting like Stockholm Syndrome from this. I feel like he's just going back and forth. You have to have confidence. (laughs) You have to have confidence, you piece of shit. (laughs) Uh, but like I I can't help but think okay like Leo has this kind of like dad energy toward Kyle and he's trying to teach him everything he needs to know about his His wand wand. (laughs) no little coming of age don't do that don't do that don't do that (laughs) don't like that But no, it's very that. Kyle's like, I don't know what to do with this wand. And Leo's like, okay. Of age with okay, my well, dad. you have to wait until the sisters aren't home. And then you take out the wand. <laughs> and vigorously. And then you, get, then you get really angry at me. <laughs> <laughs> we can't keep this in here. Um, so Leo just does something to really piss Kyle off for some reason. And Kyle's like, shut up! And throws him out a window. Kyle's saying what we're all thinking. Like, just stop! And then immediately after, the sisters come home and ask Leo why he just decided to break all the windows. And Kyle's like, I don't think I can do this! And then throws the wand (laughs) onto the couch. He very gaily tosses the wand on the couch. Yeah, it's like he takes it with him at first and he's like, this made me feel funny things, and throws it. He's like, how do I throw it but let the audience know I'm homosexual? Uh. (laughs) Evil. (laughs) Evil. (laughs) The woods are burgeoning with lost, roaming teenagers in search of bullshit. Tawatha has killed six people now. Six people. She gives zero fucks. Because these oh, other two hikers showed up so she could steal their hearts. These are the Blair Witch people, right? Yeah. Yes. The names of these throwaway characters are Joshua, Heather, and Michael. And those are the names of the original three characters in the Blair Witch Project. I have no idea how they got here. Blair Witch is in Maryland. This is in California. They're very lost. Yeah. <laughs> they, the Blair Witch picked them up <laughs> and dropped them to her pal Tuatha <laughs> so she could do her spells. They this isn't been, even how yeah. the Blair Witch ended. I feel like they didn't even watch the movie. They definitely did not. <laughs> they were like, oh, you know what's really popular? That one movie ha- has the word witch in it. We should write a whole story around that. 
<laughs> well I think they probably shine. felt like they had to, though, because the Blair Witch was so popular, and they were a show about witches. Like, they had to do something. Oh, an and we were lucky enough to get this episode. Oh, right. Fantastic. How does Tuatha know who the Blair Witch is, though? Because she pops up to them, and she's like, are you looking for the Blair Witch? Oh, because the first... I'm sorry. The fourth guy she killed <laughs> said that into his camera. Oh. He did say something, yeah. And then she was like, oh, I killed your friend, so I'll kill... Kill you too, too. You guys, yeah. <laughs> well, the Blair Witch is my good Judy. She's doing a brunch <laughs> down, at the, down at the Waffle House in a couple days. I'm covering her killing shift right now. <laughs> yes. So at this point, I do want to say that um, Tuatha has the highest kill count of any villain on the whole show. Really? Really. She kills... Six people in one episode, nobody else comes close. Wait, like, so far? Or, like, through Through the entire show. Oh, my God. She has the highest kill count. She's... I'm so mad she's not in more characters. Exactly. She deserves more. She deserves more. Um, This episode actually also has one of the highest death counts overall. Um... Because if you count Tuatha and the Snake as deaths, that is eight. And the only one that has more is Witch Wars, which has 13. Wow, impressive. I feel so honored. This is the episode you asked me to be on. I mean, it seemed fitting. <laughs> You'll be back, though, for sure. For the number one murder one. <laughs> so back We did the... have to get a murderous red-headed witch in here. Wow. So... <laughs> so After going out for a bland dinner at Denny's, Jenny tells Dan that he's not her real dad and jumps out of a moving car... <laughs> She shoots her shot with Kyle, which prompts him to run away from her, and then she disappears into the night. <laughs> and that's a series wrap on Jenny, everyone. We don't know what happened to her. Oh my god, this is exactly what happened. <laughs> Not at all. Um, later, later, Dan will say that she's back with her parents, but I don't know. I don't think he ever saw her again. <laughs> I don't think so. I think she took off. I think she got annoying bitch naps. <laughs> 100. There's no way that Jenny got kidnapped, Phoenix. That is illogical. <laughs> they would put her right back. <laughs> no, they'd She'd her- be in the trunk of the car like, I thought we could hang out and watch some television. <laughs> she <can't say> that. <laughs> Phoebe found the heart ripiati spell in the Book of Shadows and she's like, well, I guess we can't do that one. But, I mean, Kyle's here. Which, they say this is, like, the only spell that they found to get rid of powers in the Book of Shadows. And there are at least two more. So I don't know, like, why why yeah. those didn't come up. Yeah. And why this is in both books, also. You're right. This is, they and have also, that, like, incesty heritage. There's, you know, the, um, the spell that bound their powers that their grandma cast on them, which is assumably in the Book of Shadows. And I don't think Graham's ripped out anyone's hearts. Or did she? Yeah, she would have. Did Grams rip out people's hearts? <laughs> Men's hearts. Oh, fuck. Yes. Her former lovers. <laughs> That's why she's been married so many times. <laughs> so the snake shows up, splits in two, and then it gets very Rocky Horror in the living room. Snake! Fuck you, Leo! Snake! True! Piper? Phoebe! Kyle! The snake is not that big. And when there's two snakes, they're still not that big. <laughs> it, well, it's not that intimidating, but... So, like, I would do what Prue does. Prue just, like, grabs a tool and cuts a snake in half. Prue doesn't care. Prue's a murder. She's killed people. Snake's nothing. <laughs> I was so impressed with Prue. It's when the snake grows back and becomes new snakes that that does seem a little bit harder to deal with. Yeah. 
But I mean, they could literally just like go upstairs. They, they could just go upstairs, and just, like, sit on the box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like there's there's nothing bad about this snake. It's a boa constrictor. Yeah, it's nothing. It's use some magic. Oh wait, their powers are all bad. <laughs> but I mean, even that, like this was just like two snakes that were not doing anything. It wasn't like zipping across the room to get at them, and they just like squirreled off to the corners and started screaming. Like these are the charmed ones. Well, at this point, <laughs> Piper realizes that she's also lost her powers. So then everybody starts freaking out. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> like there's two snakes. Nobody has magic. Phoebe's made three useless potions, one of which is just water. <laughs> I don't understand. So I get like the two potions that she actually made being useful, like a sleeping potion. Why did she bother just putting water in a vial? <laughs> just to make a joke. I could have made another Just to potion, make a joke. But... Phoebe was like, I know what they'll find funny. <laughs> Turns on the tap. <laughs> hey guys, I know it's stressful, so I brought a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Um, but then Prue is like, I know. What if we lie to him? Piper is a snarky bitch about Phoebe not having that courage potion. But like, Piper knows how to cast a confidence spell because like she just did it. That part though. Oh my god, yeah. But so like, okay, is it? Can they also not cast spells because of the heart thing? But if they can't cast spells, why can they make potions? Yeah, they should be able to cast spells. Yeah. Do, do potions just work whether a witch made it or not? Because if so. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. She does a confidence spell. Just do the confidence spell. Even if it doesn't work, it's the same thing and it's in the book, you know? So they just, they're really intent on not having any consistency from episode to episode. But I guess Kyle would then just like, what, serve Tawatha some drinks and propose to her? <laughs> <laughs> I would. Which is a twist for Pruatha. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So... It turns out that Phoebe's water potion that can only put out a birthday candle does save the day eventually, but we'll get there. Um, if water is helpful, it'll be most helpful in the smallest container possible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Tuatha belly flops in <laughs> and just takes them all out. She's like, kabam, kabam, kabam. She just shows up and she starts throwing spells. She, she just started blasting, you know? Yeah. I swear to God. This is like what happens if a witch from Buffy goes on to Charmed and just like wrecks them all. Willow Rosenberg would also probably fuck them up. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Willow, especially Dark Willow. Oh my God. Charmed ones are not a match for that. Not at all. Not even a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> Wham, bam. Thank you, man. So Prue gaslights Kyle into facing a certain doom with a bottle of water and it gets very locky. And it gets very rocky horror in the living room. Part two, telekinetic tug of war edition. <laughs> Drama, talent, suffering. This is a dramatic reenactment, and we are sorry. I wish for the wand! My wand! (laughs) (laughs) Gimme, can you just... (sighs) You little shit! Did you see Leo hit his head on the table? Oh my god, that shit was hilarious. Fart nuggets! Like, this is hard! (laughs) My wand! (laughs) She totally took Phoebe out, too. Phoebe sucks! Are you guys gonna help, or... Oh, should we, like, do something? Believe! Prue! Kyle! My wand! Tuatha! I'm Piper. Rocky. (laughs) Yeah, I discovered the power of self-esteem. But my want. I wish you were gone. Forever!
Did I get that right? Yes, spot on. Thank God that's over. Siren, I'm like moderately excited that you could come over so we could hang out and watch Charmed. Aw, Phoenix, thanks for having me over at your shoebox apartment where it cost $40 to park. It was definitely worth the three and a half hour drive to get here, but at least we're watching Charmed. Okay, I'm sorry, but these girls have way too many candles lit. Of course you would say that. Oh, damn, that spell could have gone better. Punish the guilty! Yikes, girl. You know what would have made that spell actually work? If they had used a candle from Fundamental Magic. Oh, are you talking about Fundamental Magic? The candle shop for witches, which is independently owned by Beth Wade, who by absolute coincidence just started sponsoring us? That's the one. If the Charmed Ones got their candles from Fundamental Magic, they could kick butt and mask the smell of demon guts, because these candles are all about invoking the feeling of being a badass witch. That's true. My Samhain scented candle came in this adorable purple and black jar, and it really does smell like Samhain. It has these complex notes of witchy herbs and wood smoke, and it smells just like casting a spell in the middle of the night. Beth personally designs all of the fragrances in the Fundamental Magic line, basing the scent profile around witchy concepts such as grimoire and sanctuary and besom. It is literally like so cool that Beth is passionate about candle magic and believes that magical scents, like the ones she infuses into each of her own candles, have the power to unlock memories and manifest desires. When Beth sent me my first Fundamental Magic candle, I was instantly obsessed. They're stylish, and they smell good. And on top of that, they're made by a real witch, and they make you feel like a real witch. I might as well just mention casually, as I'm sitting on your couch discussing this darling small business, that WBR listeners get a 15% discount if they shop using our affiliate link, fundamentalmagic.com slash witchbitches, and that's magic with a K. And you'll find that link in our show notes, is what I would say if we were recording and not just hanging out like normal people watching TV. Oh, no, Phoebe, why you gotta be so stupid? Well, whether we're out vanquishing demons or enjoying a magical evening at home, fundamental magic candles are just the thing to conjure up the badass witch that is you. Well said, Siren. Now shut up so I can hear the TV. I'm gonna go light some of these fucking candles. Siren, can you... Please only light one of those. Siren? Siren! So Tuatha goes out all wacky waving inflatable arm filling tube man. (laughs) (laughs) Can I tell you a story that's probably not funny? Unless you're us. Okay, so Phoenix and I were working on the outline together, but in like dead silence. Okay, and we were very high. So Phoenix typed that line. Nobody said anything out loud. I looked at him and I just did this and like waved my arms in the air and we laughed about it for ever. (laughs) Yeah. And I just kept thinking we look insane. Anybody who didn't, anybody who wasn't in our, in our queer hive mind. (laughs) Yes. I really just wish they didn't kill Tuatha. That's my takeaway from this whole scene. I wish they at least like gave her a better killing than this because this was just like yeah. This is a shit vanquishing yeah. <laughs> It's so bad. It's like the demonic bicycle pump is what I've come to think of it as. Because they sort of like inflate and deflate in random <laughs> places. Like some, like somebody's just like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so Tuatha bursts like a bike tire. <laughs> yeah. It's just... 
<laughs> she has like so much possibility. Like I want to know, like where she's from, what this sparkle stuff is, and she like her her power to get rid of other people's powers. I feel like it should have been that difficult each time people took away the charmed one's powers. Because later on, it was just like turning on and off a light switch. Like it should be something where you have to like pull out people's hearts mm-hmm. and do all this gut. Well, it's just so many methods. I mean, they're all the pulling people's hearts out is actually probably easier than some of the other ones, than, like, getting them to... Tricking them into drinking a potion, because that's what uh, that's what other people do. Good, yeah. Tuatha probably couldn't, like, show up with, like, some tea, like their <laughs> aunt did or anything. Like, like, Cinda, just being like, I brought cookies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> She's wearing, like, a fake mustache. <laughs> They're full of cyanide. <laughs> I've got cookies. So the wand is broken, and Kyle's like, well, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> My destiny's over. Yeah, and I peaked in high school at this stranger's house. (laughs) It's just bad. Um, Leo Ghostpiper, literally, literally, she's like orbs away, and he's like, "Blue, blue, blue, down, (laughs) peace out, bitch." (laughs) What was that noise? Can you do that orbing noise? Blue, 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 peace out, bitch. (laughs) That's gonna be. Is that the orbing noise? It's gonna be the new orbing noise. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I think it's stupid that they just act like Kyle's over because, like, the wand is broken. Because, like, like, that's it. Mm. Apparently, the only thing he was allowed to do was use the wand. That's not the seventh son thing. Like, realistically, he should have been some kind of magical being. So it's not like I wanted Kyle to come back. I don't need him to come back. But I think (laughs) they did him dirty. I think they did. He could have at least kept the wand. Like, that, the least they could have done for him. They don't even let him keep the wand. No. What the fuck? I would be like... My wand, you know? <laughs> Here's this really... I know that this was a really big part of your life just now, but I'm going to take that away from you. <laughs> because your life's purpose is over. Right. Now that you... That you, um... You embraced and shot the power of your wand one time. Nothing else. I mean, really, the takeaway here is if you play with your wand... You right. might break it. Is that, <laughs> is that the moral of the story? Yes. And if you do break your wand, some older woman is going to give it to her new boyfriend. <laughs> uh, so they all go to P3 to be scandalous sluts. And Jack is like, you disempowered my wand. And Prue is like, wait till I tell you how the bitch died. <laughs> so Dan thinks that Piper's having an affair with Leo. And Piper's like, Leo sucks now. <laughs> I can't. I can't with the new Piper. Leo sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I yeah. heard that voice quite a few times. Yeah, but we should have cast him as Piper. <laughs> We, I legit want to like, who has final thoughts? Oh, final thoughts. I liked it. I did like this episode overall. I thought it was pretty fun. I like that they kind of like, I've always liked the episodes where they kind of like dig a little bit more into the actual craft lore. And I feel like there were certain areas here with Tawatha that they did that. But Kyle, he's the worst. He got nothing out of this episode. This episode is really fun. I like it because of Tuatha. <laughs> she is so fun to watch. And really, that's the redeeming quality of this episode. Even though it's like campy and over the top, that's why I like it. And that's part of why I like Charmed. Because it's not, even when it's serious, it's not that serious. Yeah. You know. I think I really stumbled onto something when I realized that Tuatha was, this was a little bit Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I don't think they meant for it to be Hocus Pocus, but it's the vibe. I definitely don't think they meant for this episode to be as funny as it is. Yeah. Which is sad. <laughs> but I oh, do, no. th- in spite of the fact that we just watch like a killing spree before our <laughs> eyes, I do think this is one of the most fun episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, 
even though I know that it's not good, and I know whenever I talk about it with other people, they're always like, oh, that one's so bad. But I always look forward to watching this one. This one makes me happy every time. Yeah, it's a really good background. There is a lot of cool... Oh, Tuatha has a lot of cool powers. Mm -hmm. And it just, like, kind of never comes back. We should have seen more evil witches done like this. For sure, with, like, utility belts and, like, familiars and stuff. Or, like, cool powers that the Charmed Ones don't have and have never had. Yeah. Or even just, like, using different types of magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, like, Dr. Seuss magic. Like, they could have their things and, like... Dr. Seuss magic! (laughs) (laughs) That's a great way. That to... is so funny. <laughs> I I love it when they incorporate other styles of magic. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that I really, I, you're going to scoff, but that's one of the things that I really liked about the reboot <laughs> is that there was that. There was an acknowledgement of other types of magic beyond what just the Charmed Ones were doing, which doesn't happen a lot in the show. So it's cool to see this early on because it never happens again. Yeah, the, the reboot did mention Brujeria, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Didn't really show it, but they mentioned it. So we experienced a lot of deaths today. Phoenix, what's your kill of the day? All the people that Tuatha <laughs> killed. All six of them. All six people. My heart goes out to their families. <laughs> <laughs> but their hearts go out to Tuatha. <laughs> uh, Wick, do you have a kill of the day? Ah, uh, Kyle's future. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, that's good. Uh, my kill of the day is Betty's glass windows because Prue fucked them up. <laughs> well, hey. I don't think Betty's going to care. <laughs> no, there were a lot of windows that broke today. Did you notice? Oh, they yeah. were breaking windows all night. Uh-huh. They they upped their budget this season. We're that to the kill count. So, if I were going to rate this episode, I would give it three consecutive open heart surgeries. <laughs> if I had to rate this episode, I would give it one wand that used to spin and glow real nice, but now is worn out and broken. If I had to rate this episode, I would rate it four very annoying last time ever seen neighbors. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Wick, where can the people find you and us? Because I'm with you all the time now. Oh, yeah. Well, I am at the Malloway Bros shop in Rogers Park. We have an Instagram. Um, Malloway Bros. There are a few scammers out there using our name, spelling it slightly wrongly, which is a little bit of a compliment. That's how you know you've made it. It is a badge of honor. I was so excited once we got it. But if you spell it right, that one's us. You can find me at the Malloway Bros shop now doing tarot readings doing tarot readings i also can do them remotely so if you'd like to book one with me you can email me at phoenix.a.lightwood at gmail.com um you can follow me on instagram at phoenix arcana lightwood you can follow me on twitter at phoenix arcana underscore that's where i get a little saucy sometimes yeah and i think that's all the places that i exist beyond what simon's about to talk about and you can follow the podcast across the board at wbr cast we are wbr a pop culture witchcraft podcast on facebook we are witch bitches review on twitter and we are wbr cast on instagram and it's all complicated because nobody wants us to call ourselves bitches you can also visit our buy me a coffee if you'd like to donate to the podcast again at wbr cast or if you like what you heard and want to offer your comment on anything we've talked about you should totally email us at where can the people email us phoenix <laughs> which be review at gmail.com i want your emails but i do not know our email address <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll use sliver little snicker snakes until next time keep on witching and, and bitching bye bye, bye. <laughs> to empower your wand bitch to empower 
a ritual wand. Gather representations of each of the four elements, such as a dish of salt, a stick of burning incense, a lit candle, and a goblet of water. Use these items to anoint and bless your wand as you chant. Witch's scepter, ever-burning torch, rod of wood that touched the breeze. Powers of the wand, I call you forth to master the elements and heal disease. Staff of light that parts the sea, the bridge I hold between sky and land. Be blessed in purpose and bonded to me. An extension of the magician's hand. Are you a good witch or a bad witch?